How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the GC Suns cast, their longest running Gold Coast Suns show on the interwebs and it's brought to you every single week by our Patreon sponsors, Dale Snelling, Jack's dad, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Tom Kim, Chris Moore and Tim. If you'd like to join our Patreon crew and support the show financially, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and help us out there. Otherwise, just head over to our social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, wherever you like to get your podcasts from. You can like, subscribe, and review the show. That helps other uh, people find our little community and helps the Suns community thrive. Now, I'm your host, Shane, and with that done, let's introduce today's guest, Linton Martin. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Shane. It's good to be back. Yeah, we had you on at some point last year, and... uh, I can't remember what game it was that we discussed, but we also discussed your, um, your a bit of a passion project you've undertaken, which was compiling a, an archive of all the sun stats and figures. Uh, how's that going? It's going good. I'm continuing with my research. Um, I'll share a little stat that I did find. It will take a, few, a couple months at least till I get it all up and running, but... Uh, we've had 39 games on free-to-air nationally, so that includes AFL, AFLW and VFL back in 2010. Out of those 39, we've only won seven of those, so hopefully this year we improve our performance on national TV. Well, that's why I like to call you the Suns fan with the numbers, Linton. You've always got some interesting stats, and it's really great undertaking, like I said last year, with what you're doing uh, with this archive, and I can't wait for that to come up and hopefully come online for all Suns fans and everyone else really who's interested to to find it so yeah well when I do have it up and running I'll make sure I'll let you know Shane and you can um, send it out to all your little community here on um, the GC Suns cast yeah we'll spread the word that's what we like to do that's why this show was formed now it's been a very slow month and I'm sure our Mm. listeners haven't uh, have sort of been craving a bit of Suns news and unfortunately there hasn't been much going on um, it's been a pretty quiet off season both on the field for the Suns and off the field and uh, for me as well it's been fairly quiet I think I've been caught up with all the, the video game dramas of uh, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X that came out late last year and uh, yeah, nothing else has really taken my interest since then uh, how are you going this off-season? Does it seem quiet to you as well? It has been pretty quiet. I think with what happened last year, the del- uh, delayed start and the um, shorter pre-season, I think people were just using this as a break, a well-earned break, ready to kick-start the season in just over a month's time. 
Yeah, and I'd say part of that is also contributed to how the Gold Coast Suns off-season wasn't as dramatic as what it has been in previous years. Uh, The amount of people coming into the club and leaving the club, which has sparked so much debate in previous years, uh, where the club is going to finish. It's all... It's fairly stable now. It feels like we're on the solid track. We're heading, projecting up north on the ladder. Uh, you feel like that's a big contributor as well. I mean, you look at who we brought into the cl- club and there were only, uh, what, we had four academy players, a draftee, and uh, I think two recruits come in through the door. Yeah, well, even the draft is pretty quiet too. Because we finished down the bottom of the ladder, we've always had big draft picks. But this year, we've only had the one draftee coming through. So that one's even quiet. And, yeah, stability is what we do need. So it's good that we finally have some stability. And hopefully that projects us up the ladder. Yeah, and that number one draft pick that you said that we got, our first round pick, I should say, uh, Elijah Hollands, recovering from an... ACL, ACL. Yep. so obviously he's not doing too much at the moment. We're not hearing the usual hype that we'd hear about the draftees coming through the club. Uh, haven't even heard too much about some of the academy boys, uh, Davis, no. um, uh, Fife. I'm Davis, doing a blank. Jeff, Nichols, uh, Jeffries, um, yep. Fife, yeah. But uh, there's talk. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss more on this later when we get jump into the men's preseason stuff. First of all, though, let's jump into the news. Now, it's sort of... I'm sure I've probably mentioned this on a previous show, but because I was by myself, not much was happening. Now, Reese Shaw joins the Suns as a development coach. How do you feel about this one? Being in Melbourne, you would have seen, probably seen and been exposed to more media and more stuff about Reese Shaw. Do you think this is a big improvement for the Suns? Because it looks like it's already having having an effect for them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He, this is where he shines, really. Uh, I think the head coaching role at North and the way North were, uh, the stage they were at, I don't think that suited him. The development, being involved with working with young players is really where Reese belongs. So I'm really excited. And I think, as we've seen, we've all, he's already had a great impact and it'll just get better as his tenure at the Suns continues. Okay, and... Uh... Jumper numbers have come out. Is there anyone that stood out to you as someone to watch with those jumper numbers? Uh, we actually don't have the list in front of me now. Um, give me a second and I'll pull that up. While we're speaking about jumper numbers, one thing that I've always um, admired, and we should have start, started something like this to start, the Port Adelaide, they have the number one as their skipper. I would have liked to see something like that, a tradition uh, born at the Suns when we came in. But that's just something I admire from Port Adelaide, and that's the way they are. Port well, Adelaide have a, great, a few great traditions that they've um, born and they go through. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the club started with that in, mm. in its conception. We had the number one jumper go to the captain at the time, Mark Locke. Um, mm. But we haven't had great success with the number one in the the Suns history. Uh, But wearing number one now is Hugh Greenwood. So he's going to stand out like a sore thumb in that. 
just the way he's always in and under in the ball, it's going to be very easy to pick him out. Number two has gone to Rory Atkins, new recruit. He should be slotting on the wing. Number 17 is gone to Markov, who will be at half back, we suspect. 21 is going to Townsend. I think we'd be lucky to see him play uh, seniors. He's probably going to be focused lucky, on but the I reserves. Think he'll be a, a big part of the VFL team, especially yeah. developing the um, younger players too. And then some of these new new academy kids we've had come in. Davies is wearing 33. Fife is wearing 30. No, sorry. Davies is wearing 30. Fife is wearing 33. Uh, Nichols, 38. Jeffrey, 40. And then we've had uh, the Irish uh, rookie, Toey, wearing number 45. And Ace is being given number 47. And then our... First round draft pick from last year, Elijah Hollands is wearing the number thirty six. So we've got that going on there. I'd say really the Atkins, Greenwood, Markov would be the highlights at the moment. Mm. We suspect all these Academy players, if they make their mark in the team, would eventually move up to uh, a higher number. Uh that's just yeah. something we'll have to wait and see. Uh now, the original plan for the men's preseason competition of two games in whatever they're calling it now has been scaled back because of all the recent events in in Australia and lockdowns happening. So the Suns are playing Sydney at Giant Stadium on March 7, and that is the only preseason hit out they'll have against an AFL quality club prior to round one at least this stage there's always a chance that the Suns could tee something up with Brisbane in a uh, an intra-club or something I think that is the plan I think that is the plan um, next weekend or even possibly this weekend and on um, going back to my stats we've played Sydney one, two, three, four, five times in the pre-season we have only beaten them once so hopefully changes this year yeah, this will be our fifth occasion. Yeah, that's a surprising stat because I, Sydney used to be known as the side that didn't really compete in the preseason. They uh, mm-hmm. they just sort of meandered on by, and uh, it seems like we've been the bunnies of the Sydney team. That was back in two thousand eleven too. Our first ever game. That was back when they had the Lightning Premiership. No, okay. Oh yeah, I remember that. The three rounds. Uh, three games or whatever in the... Yeah, that was a horrible idea. Okay, well, let's get back on track. The AFLW has kicked off in the last month. Um, We've had three rounds. Now, not great results for the Suns women's side. The first game was against Melbourne, where we lost 35-56. to The second game was against Brisbane, where we lost 2 to 65 and the third game was against the Giants where we lost 1 to uh, sorry 8 to 18 so not great performances there i haven't been watching the AFLW but you have linton what have you been able to take away from that and why is it not as bad as it looks on paper now melbourne brisbane and um Fremantle, who we play this week they're all in the top 8 now, the Giants game, we had our opportunities. We just didn't take them. And the Melbourne game was actually our highest women's score ever. 
but then the Brisbane game was the lowest AFLW score ever. But with the Melbourne game, we played well. We got off to a great start. I think we kicked the first few goals of the game, and it was just really the one quarter, from memory, the third quarter that let us down. But we won three out of the four quarters. So against Melbourne, who are a contender for the flag, that's a pretty good effort. Brisbane, well, Brisbane have always been strong. Again, we just weren't. It wasn't our day, and that's going to happen from time to time. And as I said, with the Giants game on the weekend, we did have our chances, and for most of the game was in that middle part of the ground, and the weather was shocking, so it was really hard to score. But it's not as bad as it looks, and we've got five games to come. Hopefully, we have a better, a few teams that we should be able to beat. West Coast, Richmond, Geelong are all around us in the ladder. We should get one or two of those teams as well. Yeah, we have played, I believe, three of the best uh, four or five teams in the competition at the moment, so that does say something. Uh, as far as being able to score goals, the only one that looks like scoring goals regularly is new recruit uh, Perkins, Sarah Perkins. Yeah. Now, I brought her up in the last episode as someone to watch, and she hasn't disappointed. Uh, two goals in the first game against Melbourne, but she hasn't contributed since then, with only one goal being scored in the other two games. Um, how have you seen her fit in? Do, do we feel like we've got more structure with her there? Well, Kalinda Howarth, she was our number one target last year. And I was thinking with Perkins coming into the team, that will release Howarth a little bit. Maybe it's just not suiting her because she hasn't been up to her usual standards, but she has been carrying a few injuries. But yeah, Perkins, she just created, she got the premiership experience at Adelaide. And um, Beck Goddard, which was her coach at Adelaide, she, she's a big rap on her. So I reckon Perkins, she's in the leadership group straight away too. So she's um, had an impact on the team. So we saw Progelli uh, get into the team of the week for this week. So she, despite... And the Brisbane game as well. Yeah. So she's obviously performing well, holding down yeah. back with the pressure that they're under. The other name that strikes me as uh, performing well for the Suns is the other new recruit that we got, Alison Drennan from the St Kilda. She looks to have made a huge impact into that midfield side and she seems to be almost best every week. Yeah, well, last week on the, with the Giants game, she was just with the football. She was a ball magnet. She's been playing really well and it's something that we need. We need a bit of oomph in the midfield and she's created that. But we've had Jackie Yorston too that's injured at ACL out for the season and Tiana Ernst who retired with her medical duties so I think those two are big losses and they shouldn't be underestimated how much it's changed our balance in the team Yeah and another loss that we've got is Ellie Hampson so she's been mm. confirmed to miss this week as well and uh, we are playing Fremantle this week So Fremantle, what Fremantle Oval 70 point loss in the semi-final last year so hopefully we can change it up but they haven't lost a game in 10 games Fremantle so there's always your first loss so why can't it be us yes uh, it's going to be even harder uh, against a team like Fremantle as they are hotly tipped to take out the premiership for the AFLW this year uh, but there they is a lot of competition yeah, they probably should have last year, but that's a whole other story. Things didn't go to plan. Um, all right. Well, 
that does bring up another question with every the events that's happening and it seems like we're just one outbreak away from a lockdown which could derail not only the AFLW but the men's AFL start to the season it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out um hopefully the AFLW's at least got um backups and plans in place so that we get a premiership this year unlike last year. I think year. going to um, scrapping the conferences and going to a single ladder is part of that contingency plan just in case things don't um, happen and the season does need to get caught off but I think both men's and women's season they will find a way to get to the finish line. Yeah and as we already mentioned before with the Suns men's playing Sydney in a preseason game the outbreaks and lockdowns have created already that change um the other changes like we could depending on how bad it gets we could be back at the stage where where we've got hubs again um Mm. i mean hope it looks a lot better for melbourne than what it did last year but um you know you never know it could take it just takes one thing to to screw everything up so and one thing I would advise the fans out there, so you've, we've seen with the Women's League, every week, it's a week-by-week week prospect, so we haven't been having it the full fixture. We originally had it, but that's been scrapped. Each week we're getting the next week's game. So if you're planning to go on a trip interstate to watch the Gold Coast play, this year's probably not the best year to do it because you don't know if the game's going to go ahead. Last week we were supposed to be playing in McKay, for our in Mackay, sorry, for our um, women's game up there, and that didn't happen. So if you book tickets to go up to Mackay for the weekend to watch the girls play, unfortunately there wouldn't have been a game. So just keep that in mind when you're planning out the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know what else we could really say about this because I don't want to speculate on worst-case scenarios, and it's not something we can just sort of... Uh, sweep under the rug either Um, it's going to be very very interesting and things could change on a dime so just keep an eye out for that I wouldn't be making any plans to to travel like you said Um, and it's got well we'll talk more about this when we get to the VFL because I think it's going to have a wider impact there Uh, let's continue with the men's preseason for now um now, the the club had a pre-season intra-club uh, match to sort of test match fitness, get prepared. From the footage we've seen, which was released by the Suns, it looks like it was a Reds first blue style thing, um, firsts first seconds. Uh, we saw a couple of highlights there. Isaac Rankin with a highlight, Mally Roses Jr. on the second side with a highlight, and a couple of Good patches, a good ball movement. But besides that, we didn't see a whole heap. From reports I've heard from other people that attended the game and witnessed it, um, I I got conflicting reports about poor skills, so I'm not sure how accurate that is. Um, It it would be concerning, I guess, but then if if you're going to have poor skills at any time of the year, it should be this time. Um... Anderson, uh, Noah Anderson looks to have made a huge leap. Um, we were talking about this off-air, Linton, that 
uh, you know, you feel like he's on an upward trajectory following what he was doing near the end of last year. Yeah, well, the second half of last year, he was almost one of our better players. Um, every week he was making a big impact. He um, He's only young too, so you need to keep that into consideration. But if he continues to make this rise up that he's going to have, he's going to be such an important part of our team if we are going to make the next set, make finals and contend for a flag in the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be a solid inside midfielder this year for the club, mm. which is good. We need, need that to, depth. Yeah, you need to keep in mind too, all this hype about Rao, and then we've got... Anderson sweeping under the radar all clubs are going to focus their energy hopefully on Real and then you've got all these other young guns basically that can take the game away from them so hopefully that's an exciting thing that we can look forward to. Yeah and speaking of Real he got through the game unscathed however I haven't been been able to find how many minutes he played I assume it would have been limited um, but the good news is he got through unscathed. It looks like it wasn't troubling him, but we didn't. I, I haven't heard any reports of him showing his uh, trademark, trademark bash and crash, which we got super excited about early last year. Um, apparently, Darcy McPherson impressed as well, so that's interesting. He should. It sounds like we're going to have quite a bit of competition for spots in that small forward, half forward sort of role. And that's um, healthy too. We need competition for spots. In the past, we haven't had that. So if we've got competition for spots, that means that we are starting to make it as a football club. Yeah, yeah. We really need the competition for spots. Now, I've listed a best 22. This is pre-season. So based on what we saw last year. um, Now, my back line is Butterick, Collins, Lukosius with Markov, Ballard and Bose on the halfback. We've got Ellis, Greenwood, and Atkins in the middle with Wits, Raul, and Anderson as the followers. Sexton, Day, and Ainsworth on the half-forward flank and Rankin, King, and Swallow in the forward line. Now, the interchange was a bit harder with so many names that we could use, but I chose Powell, Miller, Weller, and then Graham. So, out of all these spots, which... Do you think which players do you think are on shaky ground and really need to prove themselves in the preseason to to be there for round one? Well, we talked about just then the competition of spots in the forward line. So Sexton and Rankin, they need to perform. We know they are capable of it, but sometimes they can be a bit inconsistent. So if these next few weeks, if they show that they're up to it and they're at their blistering best, they will get a spot. But if they start to look a bit inconsistent, then there's already players that will take their spots, no doubt about that. And then they'll have to go back down to the VFL and prove their spot again. Yeah, so is there any in particular players that stand out? I think I think the back line looks pretty set. You could probably make a case, argue yeah. a case for Homsch, but I think he's more of a, uh, a backup. And it yeah. seems like the club's moving with youth. To, to get games into them and have a team for the future. So a lot of these players, I mean, Harbrow's on the list, but he didn't make the team. We assume he's yeah. going to be there sort of a support role like what Riscatelli was in his final year. Um, I guess the interchange is where you could probably argue the most with which mm-hmm. players have, have made it. Uh, Sam Flanders is... Um, 
unlucky not to get a roll in there. And I chose Graham because of the, the defensive depth. I'm still not confident on Ballard, Lukosius and Collins to hold down her, a tall forward line. And Graham is someone I'd be looking to try to get games into and uh, back up Collins. You need to also remember we talked earlier about our academy picks to our academy players. Now, it's gonna they're not going to play much this year and it's just about getting um, games in the VFL, which we will talk about, playing against other strong teams from Victoria. That's going to help their development so they can be capable of when they've got a Guernsey to play in the, um, the seniors team, they will be able to be capable of playing well. So there's a few players that you might think, oh, where's our draft league? Where's our new players? Well, they're going to take a few um, games at least in the VFL to develop and get ready for AFL football. Well, that let, well, let's move into the VFL talk. So the Suns have joined an, a few other clubs from the NEFL to sort of form a VFL NEFL alliance. Uh, however. Uh, remarkably it's still going to be called the VFL um, do you think it will still be called the VFL Mark in Evans, years to come? Um, yeah, Mark Evans had a good press conference the other week, someone asked oh, what do you think about the name? He said well if a Queensland club wins the premiership in the first year let's court the Queensland Football League and see how the Victorians like it <laughs> yeah it's it's an unusual one, but... I thought an East Coast Football League was going to be a third knee for the name, but uh, the VFL, well, that just surprised me. But not worry about the names. Let's talk about the competition because I think it's... As a Victorian Gold Coast fan, I'm really looking forward to being able to see my team a little bit more. And I've always followed the VFL, so my team in the VFL is exciting. So the quality of teams that the Suns are now going to be up against is going to be dramatic, dramatically improved. We've obviously got clubs from standalone AFL sides such as Brisbane, Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon, Footscray, Geelong, GWS, North Melbourne, Richmond and Sydney. Uh, then they've got AFL clubs that are aligned with VFL clubs, Sandringham with St Kilda, Box Hill with Hawthorne, Casey Demons with Melbourne and then we've got standalone clubs which in their own right have proved to have an impact in the VFL uh, Aspley and Southport are joining them from Queensland and that is Coburg, Frankston Northern Bullance, Port Melbourne Werribee and Williamstown so it's it's and a big league it's what 22 yeah. 22, 22 teams yeah. and you might think the standalone teams have no hope but we've seen time and time again Williamstown and Port Melbourne are always up there, always making finals. Aspley and Southport, they will be really good to watch. They've got quite a few former um, AFL-listed players on their ranks. And we've got Coburg and Frankston and um, the Northern Bullions that do battle. But uh, with a new competition, they might be able to rise and make an impact. Yeah, I did a bit of research into this before the show and I found a bunch of former Suns players playing in the VFL sides uh, in this competition um, I can't remember all of them but I, I saw Dawson too many to name. Yeah, Jacob Dawson, Jacob Heron, they've found clubs that they're going to be playing for 
Um, Michael yeah. Barlow is the coach of Werribee. We've got um, Josh Fraser, former Suns player, the coach of the Northern Bulliance. And we've also got um, Tate Kasler. He's going to be our coach for the BFL for this year as well. Yeah, and uh, former Suns players as well, Sam Fletcher, Mitch Reardon. They're all playing in in sides as well. Again, I can't remember which sides they were, but it's it's full of talent, full of AFL talent and then slightly lesser AFL talent. But it's still going to be a lot better of an improvement than the part-time competition that was the NEFL. Um There are some new rules. There's a 15-meter mark for kick-ins. However, that, I believe... Uh, correlates with an AFL rule as well. So basically, there's no lateral movement for the person on the mark. Um, that's going to create a lot of space and allow pl- players to probably be a bit more creative on the ball and maybe um, pl- play on a lot more. Hmm. Um, we've got zones. I don't think this one carries over to the AFL though does it no I think this is a test for this year to see how it goes and if it's a success they might look into it for the um, AFL next year yeah so three players from each side must be in 50 including one in the goal square for boundary throw-ins and kick-ins now it doesn't mention anything about ball ups or contests in the middle stoppages in the middle of the ground or around the ground so I assume it's only if the ball goes out of bounds um, that's going to be interesting. And the VFL has unlimited interchanges as compared to the AFL, which I believe is now down to 75 interchanges per match. Um, so a couple of new rules, which will make for a bit of confusing viewing if you're watching it. But the good news is you can probably watch it because it sounds like they're going to be live streaming pretty much every single game. And live streaming every game and... If they follow through with the old broadcast model, you'll get a game um, beamed into your lounge rooms on Channel 7 with the broadcast agreement one game a week. Okay. I'm not sure that happens yeah, up here in Queensland. I think I think you yeah. can get it on um, like plus. on demand. Yeah. You, yeah. you jump on the 7 app or whatever on, on your TV yeah. or whatever. You can you can stream it from that I on assume demand. all these um, details will be in the apps when the fixture comes out by the end of the month. So hopefully yeah. we hear a bit more. But as has been the case with the women's, it could take one hour break to wreck this whole VFL season. Yeah. And the VFL season starts in April uh, 17. So that's going to have 16 games across 19 rounds. And we're just waiting for the fixture for that. But um, 16 games across 19 rounds, Do you, we're clearly not going to be able to play everyone. Do you That's think... because of um, what's happened. We, this year's a transitional year. Yeah. Um, hopefully next year, all of what we've gone through the last 12 months is behind us. But this is just to basically stamp it that we can still have a season if things don't go to plan. So we will, we will play Astley, we will play Southport, Brisbane, and all those clubs we will play. And we won't, we'll only have a couple of trips down to Victoria. So we won't be going down every second week. Has there been any word on whether we'd be playing AFL-affiliated clubs like Brisbane and Sydney in the Giants twice? I think we'll only play them once, but don't quote me on it. As we saw with the uh, NEFL, 
we were playing those teams three, four times a year as opposed to the standalone teams once. So I don't think so, but as I said, they might change it, especially if we do get some outbreaks come come up. Yeah, it's going to be another watch this space, and I think that's going to be the the competition most affected by any sort of lockdowns that we have. Um, all right, well, that just about does it for the episode. I do want to highlight one more thing. A good mate of the show, Tom Boswell, works at the Gold Coast Bulletin. He had a great article during the week with uh, pa- Patrick Murtar, the uh, Suns. He's a big boy. The, uh, the Suns rookie um, academy player who's come through. Uh, it's his second season in the AFL competition, and he's put on 10 kilo muscle mass this preseason. He's actually been told to reduce his um, to reduce his time in the weights room because his body size that. is already AFL standard. Now that's huge. But the interesting thing I took from Tom's article, uh, I must I've got to say it's on the Gold Coast Bulletin. You can. Uh, head over there and subscribe to the bulletin for like a dollar a day or a dollar a month or something like that at the moment and get all of his articles. But this one here, so this is Patrick Murtar's um, standard dietary day. What, what, day off. What, he, day. what he eats. So he, for breakfast, he has an omelette consisting of six to eight eggs, ham, cheese, onion and spinach and barbecue sauce with two bits of toast. If he was feeling extra hungry, Murtar will cook two sausages and mix them in to make scrambled eggs. Now, that, that's a big breakfast, and that's probably enough for... I think I made a... Um, I made like a, a bacon and egg sort of slice uh, on the weekend, and I used pretty much the exact same ingredients there. That lasted me four days' worth of breakfasts. Like, that is insane, just his breakfast. He goes on to have a morning tea, a bowl of yogurt with protein powder, creatine, oats, and banana with a protein shake on the side. Lots of protein there. Lunch is four sausages, rice, potatoes, and a plate of greens. So he fair, must have a good butcher. He must, yeah. The amount of meat. Sausages all the time. Yeah. 15 minutes after lunch, he has a pre-made meal, including lasagna or pasta. Now, I'm not sure if that pre-made meal is like a, a frozen meal because those meals are pretty small or whether it's something that they've cooked and it's like leftover pasta or something because that's a big difference. But it's still 15 minutes after lunch and he has that as well. Um, afternoon tea. Here's the kicker. Two steak sandwiches, chips and mixed vegetables. That That's a just a snack, really. And it's two steak sangers with chips and veggies. Bloody hell. Um, we haven't even got to dinner yet. Haven't yet. Haven't even got to dinner. This so far, this would be enough to. I reckon his whole day would be enough to feed someone for a week. Mm. Um, Thirty minutes before dinner, he has a bowl of pasta, and then for dinner, he'll have something like fried rice, including everyone else's leftovers, and then for dessert, another serving of fried rice. Uh, no wonder this boy is big. He's 196 centimeters and 106 kilos. He's a big boy, and I think it's about 11% body fat he's got. So it's all muscle. That That's a, that's a lot of food. A lot of food. Um, as I said, he must have really good supplies to supply him with all this food all of the time. Yeah, he does. I'd love to see um, another AFL footballer's uh, 
full day or just sort of comparison to see what they eat i mean i've seen i think brandon ellis had a video on the sun site last year uh what he did for breakfast and that wasn't from memory i think it was about half the size of what murtar has for breakfast um very very interesting but um enough talking about food i think that does it for the day i've got rain pissing down sideways here on the gold coast and we've got a 30 degree day 30 (laughs) degrees for the next couple of days so it's gold coast weather down here and it's melbourne weather up there pretty much and it was only a few days it was flipped around i was talking to my brother who lives down in melbourne now and uh, he was saying it was a wet rainy day and i was saying how bloody hot it was up here so it's perfect one minute and completely different the next up on the gold coast all right, Linton. Well, thank you for joining me, and uh, we'll be—I'll be back in a, a couple of weeks, hopefully, just before or just after the the Suns Intra Club against Sydney, and uh, breaking down all that. So I'll talk to you later in the season, though. Yep, I'll be back, and I'll hopefully have a, a much bigger update on our little Suns archives. But if I'm not on by then, I'll definitely let um, Shane know, and he'll be able to share it with you at the Gold Coast Suns community. Alright, well fantastic. Until next time, go Suns! If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot.